Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me on the squad today, it's a duo squad with me and Peaches. Peaches, what's going on, man? Hey, Eduardo, how's it going? Living the dream. How are you? I'm pretty okay. It's the weekend now, and I am excited about that. Going to drink lots of beer tomorrow. Oh, good for you. Good for you, man. I have to work tomorrow, unfortunately, but have, pour one out for me, man, or just drink it because pouring it out is a waste. It's a uh, funky Buddha, so I will not be pouring it oh, out. I miss funky Buddha so much. All right. It's not a beer podcast. It is a podcast all about games, games of all kinds, but mostly video drink. games. Truthfully. Drinking games. Uh, I'd love to play some drinking video games. How awesome would that be? I mean, not where you're like drinking in the video game, but you're drinking outside the video game while playing a video game. Are you suggesting that we play the drinking version of Mario Kart where you have to pull over every time you drink because drinking and driving is bad, kids? Yes, that is exactly. It's, is that the one where you have to like pull over and then you have to finish your beer before you finish the race? Yeah, like you can't cross the finish line on the third lap until your whole beer is gone and you cannot drink while driving. I mean, that makes sense because it's, it's safe, safety first, right? Yeah, so we're encouraging lots of people to do this. Yes, please uh, drink your beer and play video games, but not at the same time. We're terrible. <laughs> so, uh, Peaches, what have you uh, what have you been playing this week? What are, what games have been uh, have been tickling your keyboard? Uh, I have a what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? You know, you know the old the old keystrokes. Uh, you caught me off guard there, man. I didn't expect the the weirdest analogy I've ever heard. <laughs> Um, okay, let me collect myself. I have had a very varied week as far as games go. Uh, we talked about how I played Mountains of Madness, um, the board game, in the last podcast. We played again this weekend. We got so close to the end, and we did not win. You can beat that game without winning. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we beat the game, but we did not win. So it was all for nothing. That's sad. But we got better at communicating with all those hindrances. So maybe next time. Uh, as far as video games go, um, on the stream on Sunday, we played some Hollow Knight. That was my first time playing Hollow Knight. It was really fun. Uh, Metroidvania-style game where you play as a little beetle with a, with a little sword. Uh, very hard, but very enjoyable. Uh, and also very gray. Um, also played for like 45 minutes or so on my stream on Tuesday, Layers of Fear. That one got a little spooky. So uh, I called it quits early on that one. Um, the spookiness was one of the reasons, but we don't have to get into that now. Uh, and then other than that, just been playing some Link to the Past randomizer, practicing with that, playing um, Super Mario World hacks, uh, couple of my favorite streamers their names are uh, ryu car grand pooh bear they do a lot of um super mario world hacks because they're very good at mario games uh and i watch them play those all the time so i found one that was kind of on the easier side and it's still absolutely destroying me uh, i'm just not as good as, i'm not even close to as good as they are um and something i think that you and i could play and it would be quite enjoyable i just found out about this game yesterday I watched a friend play it, uh, Dead by Daylight. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. I've never played it. 
I, I just like I, I I could say that I played it, but I really just watched him play uh, at his house. So I, I vicariously played through him. But it's it's like that um, Friday the Thirteenth game, right? Where you're like Jason, or you're the camp counselors, and you're trying to avoid being killed by Jason, or if you're Jason, you're trying to kill them. Right. It's like that, except there's a wider variety of monsters that you can play as if you're the bad guy and they all have different powers. Uh, a lot of them are inspired by horror video games that already exist or, or horror movies. And then the, the good guys that you play as, they all have different abilities. So it's not just four humans running around trying to avoid a bad guy. It's four humans with distinct features that can help each other win. Um, so it looks a lot of fun. As you're talking about this, a concept for a video game popped into my head, and we're going to talk about it right now. So have you seen A Quiet Place? Yeah, I just saw it uh, two days ago. Uh, First off, phenomenal movie. That movie's crazy good. Oh, it was awesome. But imagine a video game like that where like dead by daylight where you're placing basically playing a quiet place and everyone has to be mic'd up you cannot mute your mic and then you're playing the monster and then there are a bunch of people playing the beast and there are jump scares randomly littered throughout the game that are um, like supposed to make you make some sort of audible noise and then you as the monster are going to be able to hear these kind of things and have like superpowers like rush over and like kill the uh the other i guess players I actually really like that idea. The only thing that I think could kind of hold that back is that you require at that point people to have a microphone to play it. But I mean, they're also required to have purchased a controller to play most games on a console. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. Right. And I mean, I'm sure you'd have the same, the people that would like mute their mic and do stupid stuff like that. And I mean, I guess there there are always going to be people ruining the game, but I mean, at least conceptually, that sounds like a fun time. Now you could you could write code to disallow that. Like you could make a really easy code snippet that like would pause the game if somebody unplugged their mic or disconnected them or something like that. And you could also even if you didn't want to say like you know give them specifically a, a disconnection penalty or something if somebody muted or disconnected their mic, you could even intentionally have the game cause jump scares even if no one else is making a sound. So, like, they could screw over their teammates by not playing by the rules. Ooh, that's a good idea. I do um, like this idea. All right, well, uh, when we finally launch Squad Up Games, that'll be the first game that we work on. You are going to work on that. I will be the playtester. <laughs> uh, anything else you've been playing this week? Uh, no, that's pretty much everything. I, I had a list, and I just went through the list, so... Uh, I, I gave Breath of the Wild a break this week because I am playing through it like I've been saying it for the second time, and I got to a point where I just didn't feel like fighting one of the divine beasts again. So I'm just waiting waiting until I feel like playing it again before I force myself to do so. What about you, man? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing listening to my dog walk in the background. Sorry, everybody. Um, but what I have been playing is uh, Hearthstone. Clearly, because the expansion came out, and that's been kind of crazy. For those that don't know, before I did the show, I did not own more than one 
computer monitor. So I had one my one monitor that I played everything on. And it gets kind of boring playing Hearthstone because it's a very like strategic game. So like you take your turn and then it's like a minute and a half that the other player gets to take the turn. Sometimes the turn happens very quickly. Sometimes they take the full minute and a half. And it can get really boring when they take that full minute and a half because you're just sitting there waiting for them to decide what to do. So having a second screen to watch streamers or whatever I want to watch has been kind of phenomenal and I don't imagine like I can't imagine my life in a place without having a second computer screen Um, shout out to all those people who intentionally take the full minute and a half just to make their opponent mad yeah there's a lot of those but if I'm watching a streamer like a streamer that I watch pretty regularly firebat um if I'm watching him, I don't care because I'm honestly mostly concerned with what he's doing, and it, it kind of takes the pressure off of the the whole ranking thing uh, as well. Um, I've also been playing um, South Park Stick of Truth. I streamed it for a couple hours earlier in the week, and that game's like so much fun. And I'm like prepping for Fractured Butthole. Uh, its Switch release is coming up here pretty soon. Um, but I'm mostly prepping for the new God of War game, which came out just today. Um, we were just talking earlier before the show about how we need to pick up this game. And uh, we're going to start something here in Squad Up. We're going to have a game of the month, and our game of the month this month is going to be God of War. So play along with us. We're going to be playing the game. Um, Peaches is going to play some of the game as he doesn't necessarily own a PS4, but he's got one, so it's like a weird situation. But Lewis is going to be coming on the show in a couple episodes, too. We're going to be talking all about God of War, so if you're playing God of War, be ready for that episode, because we're going to be talking all about it here in the next couple weeks. We're so cool, dude. We start our game of the month halfway through the month. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Also, we want to know what you guys want us to play for our next game of the month. So be on the lookout at facebook.com slash squad up podcast and you will see a poll on there in the next couple days and we're going to have a list of games and you're going to be able to vote on the game that we play so we'll have a full list of games you select the game whatever game wins that's going to be our next game of the month you can play along with us um and we'll be talking all about it for for basically a whole episode uh sometime next month oh this is news to me and also i swear this is unscripted uh are they gonna (laughs) Are we going to give them all the choices or are they going to be able to submit something? So, well, I guess for the first run, we will submit the choices because this is the first, like, we're talking about it. But if we want if we want suggestions, like, if a suggestion wins over the choices that we have, by all means, that's what we're picking. Did that sound like it wasn't part of the script? Did I do a good job? Yeah, that sounded real good. That was real good. I appreciated that. Perfect. You're welcome. Well, let's uh, let's take a dive over and to see what's going on in the world of gaming right now. Waluigi time. Uh, so, over in the Netherlands, they've decided to start taking legal action against loot boxes. So, um, they have a uh, sort of like a protection clause over there in the Netherlands about practices that video games can have and video games cannot have. And one of them is about, you know, tr- uh, video um, items being traded uh, that have a monetary value. So if you get an item in a loot box, being able to trade that with between players gives it a monetary value and that's not necessarily allowed. So um, they did the study and they didn't disclose which games were in the study, um, but some of the games were found in violation of this act. Um, which is interesting because we are writing uh, a year of loot box hate, 
And man, is it, it it's still going, man. Like, uh, I see some games that are starting to try to move away from loot boxes, but loot boxes are still enemy number one of the video gaming community. Yo, I, I was kind of laughing when I was reading this article and maybe I'm, I'm a jerk for thinking that, but this article from like evostrix.com, we're going to start posting our articles in the show notes. So if you guys want to take a look at these things, this is one I would definitely take a look at if you're interested in this gambling act but yeah the netherlands betting and gambling act it's got a bunch of different clauses but as eduardo said it's essentially like if the if in this act the government deems a game to be luck based and you win an item in a completely luck based way and then that item can be traded for a monetary value it's not allowed which i guess protects people from addictive tendencies, but it's super weird that this law even exists to me. I didn't even know that it existed at all. Did you? I did not. Now, I'm not 100% sure about the legality of gambling in the Netherlands and how gambling is viewed societally and culturally. Um, And so that might have an impact on it. Um, And I think most recently, the, the biggest debate there is, is are loot boxes gambling? And I mean, I think... I would say yes, it is, but to a different extent, um, and it depends on how much, what you, what you, what value you give to it, right? Um, so if you're giving value to a skin, does that, right? So like take take Counter Strike for example. In Counter Strike, you open loot boxes, you get these skins, and these skins have monetary value because people do pay money for the skins in um, in Counter Strike. And so people, you, you, they open all these loot boxes, they get these skins, and they can then sell them or trade them for real money. And so in that instance, maybe it is gambling to an extent. I agree. I think, I don't think it's necessarily as addictive as people make it out to be, but I also, I also don't necessarily have that frame of reference because I don't really care about them for the most part. But the article mentions that it, it, this law is in place because they don't want to subject kids to gambling. And like, we haven't been doing similar things to loot boxes for at least, you know, 10, 20 years now. Like we talked about in our last episode where we talked about buying card packs. Like that's the same as a loot box. If you want to call loot boxes gambling, then card packs are also gambling, which I'm not, I'm not trying to say that one is or isn't, but, I mean, it's not like this is actually new is what I guess what I'm trying to say here. But I guess if you kind of think about it this way, um, I have to buy a card pack, right? I can't just play a, play a card game at my local target and they're going to be like, oh, you won, you won nine games of Magic the Gathering, so please walk out of this target with this Magic the Gathering <laughs> card pack. Like... I, I have to pay for that. Whereas in Overwatch, you know, if I play X amount of games, I can open four loot boxes at the end of the day if I'm like really dedicated. And so I guess the sheer volume of loot boxes that you'll open in a video game is typically way higher than you might open in real life, um, unless you just spend all of your money on on card packs. So I, I guess in that sense, maybe it, it's a, an, an easier window to have gambling addiction issues, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. It's just, it seems silly. 
It's there, hard to talk about because it seems silly. Well, there are already like loopholes to this, right? So like um, you you mentioned Overwatch and Overwatch, if I, in my opinion, does loot boxes the best way. So they're uh, only cosmetic items. You get them from playing the game. You can buy them if you want, but you get so many that honestly, a lot of the times it doesn't make any sense to buy them. Um but then there are other companies that are finding ways to kind of get around this already, like from the start. So you've got, let's take League of Legends, for example. So in League of Legends, you get loot boxes for free. Like they just give you loot boxes and you can pay for the key to open that loot box. And so when they go, oh, we're not we're not letting them buy loot boxes. No, 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 no. They can buy keys to open the loot box. And so they're kind of finding loopholes to this kind of thing already. So I don't as much as this legislation wants to kind of come out and make and you know, uh, I think there, there's, there's this guy in, in Hawaii who's trying to do a similar thing with, you know, putting regulations on loot boxes. There will always be somebody, you know, d- doing this practice in a different way. And it's up to the gaming community to decide whether or not they like it. And I think they've already decided that they, they're not a fan of it. But the problem is loot boxes make so much money for these companies. They're not going to stop doing it until they stop making that money. Oh, absolutely not. It's it's a microtransaction. Like that's the hot new thing. I I knew that League of Legends did that where they made you buy the keys or earn them very slowly over time, but I didn't realize how shady that was until you just said it in a sentence. That's pretty funny. No, yeah. I, I'm glad that we talked about Overwatch in this too, though, because I think on the other side of the fence, as far as good loot box practice, I agree with you in that Overwatch for the most part is probably the best one that I've seen because not only are all of the items cosmetic, they recently, I don't remember, I guess not recently. It was, it was probably at least half a year ago at this point, they patched up their loot box randomization to where you almost never get a duplicate now. So you don't necessarily spend as much time opening loot boxes for that thing that you want. You might get it a lot sooner because there just aren't as many duplicates in the randomization code. And I think that's really cool of Blizzard to do. Yeah, I agree. And let me uh, once again talk about how I am Blizzard's number one fan. So whenever you hear me talk about Blizzard, take it with a grain of salt. But I really do think that that Overwatch and a lot of the Blizzard games in general have a, do, do a really good job of this. Um, Hearthstone recently did a similar patch where now um, you cannot get duplicate legendaries. So um, once you open a legendary, if you have it in your collection, you cannot open that legendary again. So it... Um, it avoids duplicates and it, it sort of makes the game a little healthier. Um, Heroes of the Storm has a really great loot box system because you just are handed them basically at every turn. You you walk three feet and you're given a loot box, so like you don't feel like you're this like almighty thing. You're just getting them all the time. So I've never once purchased any amount of loot boxes in Heroes of the Storm. Um, oh no, that would be silly. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense because they give them to you so much. Um, so I think Blizzard has the right idea, even though it seems like they kind of started this trend, I would say. Um, but they, I think they're doing it the right way. I think other companies are definitely taking it and running with it and trying to really, really monetize it. But we do live in a, in a culture and a climate, uh, as far as the gaming community is concerned, that these, uh, these gaming companies kind of have it out for the, for the, the, the player and they're just trying to milk them for all they're worth, um, which I don't necessarily agree with. But these loot boxes are taking it to a little, a little bit to the extreme in some cases. Cough, Star Wars Battlefront 2, cough. Right. Absolutely. Um, so 
Call of Duty Black Ops 4, uh, a game coming up here pretty soon. I wouldn't say pretty soon. Seamless transition right there, my friend. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I was trying to segue, I couldn't think of one, so I just literally started talking. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is not going to have a single-player campaign. And I wanted to talk about this because it's it's really interesting how far away we're moving from single-player experiences and how there, there are sort of two camps right now where you, you, you have the single-player experience and then you have the multiplayer-only experience, a la Overwatch, right? So Overwatch is a multiplayer-only experience, and it looks like that's where Call of Duty is heading. Um, as much as we game enthusiast snobs kind of like turn our noses away from call of duty it is still a powerhouse it still makes a ton of money um and so it's interesting that they're not going to have a single player campaign and they're just kind of abandoning it um and maybe that's that's a tell to the climate and i probably would have said that had god of war not come out today and is sort of the phenomenon that it is um so i think you know i think they're kind of wrong on this one i think uh people want that single player campaign. I remember the first Black Ops campaign. That campaign was dope. It was a lot of fun. It had a really big twist at the end. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I, I don't know. It's kind of sad to see it go, but I don't think the people that are playing Black or Call of Duty in general are coming in for the campaign anyway. I want to just scream who cares into the microphone, but I know that that wouldn't come out sounding very, very good. I, you know, I, I can't pretend that I've played any of these campaign modes. I've maybe played Call of Duty an hour total of my life and that was when the zombie the zombie thing first came out um because my friends were playing it but i you know i i disagree with you on this one again is that weird two weeks in a row oh sweet no i just i mean i I don't have a lot to say about it but if you think about it from the perspective of um what's the company infinity ward right if you think about it from the perspective of infinity ward they have put out, you know, tons of these Call of Duty games and they have to come up with a different story for each one. And at the end of the day, most people very likely will play the campaign one time and then focus on the multiplayer because that's, you know, what those games are mostly for. So why waste your time coming up with this story and coding all of the campaign so that people are going to come in and play your thing once and then do the multiplayer mode. Focus on making your multiplayer mode as fun and different and new as possible, maybe. I don't know if it'll be different and new, but focus on the multiplayer mode, polish that up really nicely, and you know maybe this one will be the best multiplayer experience Call of Duty has had in a long time because they shifted their focus a little bit. And they can always, since we're in the, the age of tacking on prices later, they can always release a campaign as downloadable content. So they've already kind of like talked about that. And the, the plan, I believe, is to release some sort of single player content later on. It just won't be there on release. Um, I think the exact uh, headline from uh, Polygon was that they're they're shifting focus so they can focus on zombies, multiplayer and new modes. Um, there are reports that they're trying to make some sort of Overwatch type type mode with like defenders and different classes and things like that there's also word and this one is very believable that they're looking for uh or they're, they're at least looking to make some sort of battle royale mode which i mean if you're call of duty why why don't you have one already right like you're call of duty you're uh you're you're trying to appeal to the mass audience the mass audience is all over 
battle royales right now. It just kind of makes perfect sense. Call. I mean, this is this is exactly what I mean. Like, if they want to shift their focus to solely multiplayer, they can pump out all these different modes. And will it kind of be um, a little copy paste for them to make a mode that's sort of like Overwatch, and then make another mode that's sort of like Fortnite? Sure, maybe. But if they do it better, people might switch to that game. I mean, that's that's what people do. They pick the better game. So. If they're going to do that, they're going to do it better, more power to them, but they can focus entirely on that without having to worry about their campaign missions or or pumping out a campaign mission like that Russian airport thing that was super controversial, you know? Like, they don't have to worry about any of that. It's all multiplayer. So, I mean, that being said, you're never going to pick up Call of Duty. I'm never going to pick a Call of Duty. Maybe when you have Cody on again, we'll have him talk about Call of Duty, but... You and I, at least, are probably not going to be picking up a copy of Call of Duty. And I don't think we would pick up a copy of anything when it comes right out. As far as gaming goes, Peaches, you and I are pretty budget-conscious gamers, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but we have to throw in a little... uh a little asterisk here saying that we're probably going to pick up God of War, even though we're contradicting ourselves right now. Correct. So God of War side, um, we'll talk about God of War on its own because God of War, I feel like is, is sort of a, a milestone I would say in gaming. And it is something that we kind of have to talk about because it is just such a, I don't know, it's getting such great reviews and it's being talked about so much and everybody's raving so much about it that we're, we're sort of forcing our hand here. But for the most part, um, you and I, I would say, don't necessarily spend the full amount of money on video games. We don't necessarily try to spend 60 bucks as soon as a game comes out. A lot of the times, you and I both kind of wait for a game to sort of drop in price a little bit. I think that's probably why we're PC gamers also, because PC gaming is the best place where you can get a lot of great deals on games. Um, would you at least agree to that? Oh, no, I agreed to you from before. I just didn't want people to think we weren't going to buy God of War until six months from now. Oh, no, we're buying God of War as soon as possible because it's God of War. I mean, there are always going to be exceptions, right? Like, Nintendo games, one, don't ever lose value. So, honestly, you buy those at full price even six months after the game came out. Like, I bought Breath of the Wild at full price. I bought Mario Odyssey at full price. And those things are never going to go down. But um, other games that you're going to play on, like, PC and on your PlayStation and maybe even your Xbox, if you own one of those, all five of you... um, Sorry, I don't mean to alienate the Xbox crowd, but neither Peaches or I own an Xbox. Maybe once Microsoft gets their act together and gets a decent exclusive, I'll pick up an Xbox. But until then, it's all PC and PlayStation exclusives for me, at least. And Eduardo, Nintendo, you just obviously. lost our one Xbox listener. You know what? Cody's been on the show, so I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's going to stop listening. Oh my goodness. Such such fire, such salt. <laughs> and so, in the spirit of that, um, we're going to start highlighting some of the, the gaming sales. We're probably not going to do this every week. We'll do this every once in a while. We're going to start highlighting sales that are going on um, in the world of gaming and maybe where you can save a couple bucks. So, starting off, Rise of the Tomb Raider uh, is $19.97. It's on Steam until April 23rd. Um, I played the original Tomb Raider remake, so the one that was just before this one. They're coming out with uh, another one later this year. Um, these games are really good. The first one that I uh, that came out I played, and it was really good. I might be looking to pick this up um, before the sale ends as well. Um, Beaches, have you played any of the new Tomb Raider games? 
Fun fact, Peaches has played exactly zero Tomb Raider games, including the old ones, but I've heard that the newer ones, and actually seen this, so I guess I shouldn't have said heard, play a lot like Uncharted, so I want to get in on that. Yeah, the the first one, the one that I played was very like gritty and realistic and you you go through like a journey of her becoming like the tomb raider and so she's like shipwrecked on this island and she's definitely like underpowered she becomes like stronger throughout the island both physically and emotionally and she goes through all these like trials and tribulations and it's a very brutal game it's very visceral and it's honestly fantastic yeah i I might i might you know take a look at that steam sale i just bought a couple other games on the steam sale so why not yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not an addictive thing, speaking of gambling. We didn't put any on here, but Steam is doing a big VR sale. So if you're like a VR person, uh, Steam has got all kinds of stuff on sale. Uh, I don't have the money for like an Oculus or anything. And honestly, I personally, I, I enjoy VR. Uh, both Peaches and I have done the uh, the Void experience over at uh, Disney Springs. And that experience is phenomenal. And if every VR experience is like that, I'd always play VR. Um but until VR can kind of focus, it's what what it is. I, I'm not ready to kind of dive into it yet. I know PlayStation has its own VR thing. I know there are several different ones for your cell phones and for PC. Once we can kind of like narrow these down to like, this is what we're doing for VR. There are these two options and you can pick one of these two and we've got all these lists of games that are that are games that you need to be playing on vr that's kind of when i'll jump on the bandwagon but if you're you're a vr person have at it over on steam i don't remember if it was you or, or somebody else but the last conversation i had about vr involved playing horror games in vr and how awful that would be for the environment i don't remember if that was me but i agree Like, I can imagine myself flailing all around and knocking over furniture, and (laughs) it just probably wouldn't be a good combination. Sorry to interrupt this little bit, but I just wanted to talk about me flailing. Um, You know where you could flail? In Grand Theft Auto. Honestly, I don't know if you could flail, but I was trying to segue there. Grand Theft Auto 5, $24.99. I think it's the cheapest I've ever seen it. Um, that game is holding its price really well because people are still playing it to this day. It came out, what, 2016? Um, and it is still has a huge player base. It's raking in tons of money. We had a story uh, a couple weeks ago about being it being one of the largest um, recurring games of all time right so it was making like some high billion amount did we do that story i think that you're making that up i don't think we did that i think you might have read it i've read that story all right well we'll say i read that story so it was a story about how it's making like eight billion dollars or something like that some some crazy astronomical amount so uh, it's over on the razor game store i don't have an end date for that one but it is 24.99 at least for right now razor just opened their game store so you can find a lot of really great deals on there and they usually highlight four games and if you buy that game you get a 15 dollar voucher um to use at the razor game store so if you buy one of those four games you'll get 15 dollars off your next purchase so it's not bad Squad Up, secretly sponsored by Razor. I wish, If anybody wants to sponsor us, please let us know. I will take a sponsorship from a table company. Not the table companies are not great, but... 
Moving on. Uh, over on the PlayStation Network store, this one really surprised me. So PlayStation Network is doing um, a double discount sale. So you've got your regular discounts, but if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you're getting double the discounts on some games. Um, Rise of the Tomb Raider is one of them. It's similarly priced. Um, Titanfall 2, which came out at the end of 2016, so this game is, what, a year and a couple months old? $6.99. That's insane. That's a steal, bro. Right. Like, and poor Even Titan- if that game sucks, that's a steal. Well, poor Titanfall 2, it came out like a couple months after Overwatch, and it just wasn't, you know, it was a great game for all intents and purposes, but it just couldn't find that audience because the audience was too busy playing all these other games. Um, also highlighted, Crash Bandicoot, the insane trilogy, the, the remastered collection, twenty three ninety nine, which is also... A fantastic deal. But these are both with PlayStation Plus. You can find them for a little bit more money um, without PlayStation Plus. But honestly, the the real deal here is if you have PlayStation Plus. I am upset with anybody listening to this that doesn't already have Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. But if you don't and you can get over Peaches being upset with you, you need to go pay for this game because... It's incredible and it's nostalgic and it's really difficult, but it's the fun kind of difficult. So I'm one of those people that Peaches is mad at. Now I need to pick up this video game. Dude, are you serious? Yeah, I don't. Well, so I hadn't purchased it yet. One, because I didn't want to spend the money. I was waiting for there to be a sale, which there is now. But then they announced a Nintendo Switch version. And truthfully, if there is a Switch version of a game, I am highly inclined to buy that version of the game. Yeah, that's fair. You might as well put it on the console you like the most. Also, though, am I going to yell at you when the Spyro Remastered Trilogy comes out and you don't buy that right away? Probably. I don't buy anything right away. Except for God of War. More on that later. Later, like, next episode, perhaps. Uh, Yeah, we'll probably do, like, a rundown of, like, our experiences with us so far. And I'm sure when we're both finished with the game, we'll have an episode just devoted to God of War. And we'll talk about the series as well as... Um, this most recent entry. So, moving on, we're going to be talking all about this episode. We're talking about streaming. Streaming, well, let's just start at the very beginning. Peaches, what is a streamer? Oh, I am, I'm happy that you asked this. I just wrote a lengthy couple paragraphs about this on social media. So, a streamer uh, in the... In the um, most basic definition is just somebody who is performing content live um, in real time for people to watch. Uh, Most of the time that we're talking about streamers on this podcast or just in general conversation, we're talking about people using things like Twitch. Um, YouTube has a streaming service. Um, What's that new one that came out that you were using for a while? Caffeine.tv. That's still in beta, but it's fantastic. Yeah, Caffeine. It's, I mean, it's another site that's, uh, that's getting some usage, but not as much as Twitch and YouTube. Anyway, you know, we, we typically refer to streamers as people playing video games live, but they can be doing all sorts of things. I've seen a lot of streamers playing music. Uh, I've seen them doing like makeup tutorials or sewing or, or cooking um people sometimes play board games as a big group i've seen people do dungeons and dragons on stream so essentially it's just you know you or a group of people performing in a live setting um and it's very fun but it's also very difficult 
uh, I will echo how difficult that is. Um, although it is getting easier with consoles nowadays, it is, it's absolutely very difficult. Um, but one of the one of the main places where people will stream is Twitch. So Twitch started in 2011 um, as a platform, and it is basically a streaming platform. A few years later, they partnered with Amazon, and that's when I feel like they really kind of took off with the whole Twitch Prime thing. And now when you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you also are a Twitch Prime subscriber. You get to use your Twitch Prime uh, subscription every month. So what that means is that you get to subscribe to someone Twitch, when you subscribe to someone, um, you can either use a free subscription through Twitch Prime or you can pay uh, for a subscription. And when you pay for the subscription, um, Twitch takes a cut and then you get the other, the, the rest of the money. Um, and so that's how these streamers are making a livelihood. Um, there's also streamers on YouTube, but I think as of right now, as far as the gaming community is concerned, when we think about streamers, we primarily think about Twitch. Yeah, it's true. And and not to not to call anybody that's, streaming on any platform like a, like a perform like a circus performer or anything but you kind of think about it as like that guy on the street or in the subway who's playing music or doing something and he's got maybe like a tip jar down there like you kind of have to think of it like that like they're they're putting on a performance for you one thing about streaming when you do it is you kind of have to be like in the show the whole time you can't really take a break you know you're you're smiling whether you're smiling or not sort of thing and so it's kind of one of those situations where, hey, I enjoyed my time here for for the four hours that I spent watching you. You were entertaining. Have a couple have a couple gold coins, sir. Right. Um, and there, there are other facets to it, but that's basically the easiest way to describe it. Um, now, Twitch has, especially over these this last, I would say this last year, has kind of blown up in traffic. And um, it's as of right now, it has uh, more traffic than HBO's online services, which is crazy to think about. Now, I know you have some actual hard evidence of Twitch's, Twitch's numbers, so please enlighten us of, of how well Twitch is actually doing. I do, but I also think that maybe they have more traffic than HBO because most people just wait for Game of Thrones or Westworld. Yeah, you're before not. That's they literally what I'm doing right now. I'm about to download, <laughs> uh, actually pay for HBO Go or HBO Now here in a couple days because the Westworld premiere is about to happen. No, oh, I'm so excited. Same. I digress. No, there's this site, and again, I'm going to put this in the show notes. So anybody that wants to check this out, there's like six pages here of statistics on this site called expandedramblings.com. Um, this guy put together a bunch of Twitch stats and some of them are just kind of blew my mind reading them. Um, for example, there are 15 million daily active users on Twitch. That's like a heck of a lot of people. And of those 15 million daily active users, 2.2 2 million of them roughly are people broadcasting their stream. Um, so if it were divided evenly, which of course it's not, you have, you know, about seven to eight people per stream, uh, per streamer. There are seven to eight people hopefully watching you. Of course, most of that population is probably watching Ninja play Fortnite, but, Correct. you know, potato, potato. Um, what else is on here that's crazy? Amazon bought Twitch for $970 million, by the way. Yep. Uh, and I think it's paying off for them very well. Absolutely. Amazon's taking over the world, man. Am it's Amazon's going to be like that company from Wally that just owns everything by and large. Yeah. They're going to own everything and we're going to be on a spaceship and hover wheelchairs and 
a little robot's going to save us. Average, average amount of simultaneous <laughs> viewers on Twitch is like over half a million. It's in like the 600 thousands. Um, like I said, I'm going to post this, this link in our, in our show notes. So you guys can check this out, but Twitch is like a really big deal. And it's something that people are going to for mostly free entertainment, mostly free being the case when you're not, you know, subscribing to anybody or tipping anybody for their, their time. But, you know, it's for the most part, it's a free streaming service where you can watch things that you know that you enjoy. Hopefully people are playing them that you also enjoy the company of. And, you know, it's, it's owned by a company that you love too. So I, I just think that it's, it's a really important thing and it's the popularity of Twitch is just astounding in the best way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so as far as streaming goes, why, why do you think people watch streams? Like what it is, it, what is it about streaming that, that, that makes me watch? Now I personally, um, have not, I, I wouldn't call myself a stream. At least I wouldn't have called myself a stream watcher maybe a year or two ago. But more recently, I've definitely started watching more and more streams and kind of find myself just having a stream on, even in just kind of in the background. Um, so why do you think uh, people are even watching streams? That's a good question. I th- you know, I think everybody has their own their own reasons for why you know they like something in general. I mean, I can t- I'll take you through how I started watching Twitch and maybe that will answer the question. So um, I, I got to a point where like the mobile games that I was playing to, to send myself to sleep at night. Cause that's typically what I do is I'll just stare at my phone until I get tired at night. And the mobile games that I was playing were just getting boring or I didn't want to play them anymore. So I started watching a lot of YouTube before I went to sleep. Um, and I really love watching speed runs. Uh, I love watching the speed run communities and the festivals that they have several times of year um there's a lot of places just a quick plug for these guys because they're awesome they're actually called awesome games done quick uh and they have a summer convention called summer games done quick and they raise money for charity by streaming speedrunners. so people that are professionally playing these games getting world records playing them as fast as they can they're streaming these people playing and while that's happening, all the people watching the money that they're donating to that streamer is going right to cancer research and other, and other types of things, depending on the convention. Um, so quick plug for awesome games done quick. They're doing great stuff. Um, but also they're very entertaining, right? So I watched a lot of these YouTube videos of games being completed really fast. And then while watching those, you find people that are just, you know, really entertaining while they're speed running these games. And that kind of turned into me, for me, it turned into finding that person's YouTube channel and watching all of their videos. I remember when we started playing Overwatch, um, you found a guy, Bazagaza, who did a lot of Overwatch videos. And sometimes they were, they were like the red versus blue style. He was like narrating for the characters and other times it was gameplay, but either way it was like really funny, right? And turns out he streams on Twitch. Um, another guy that I watched that I mentioned earlier, Ryukar, um, just really impressive Mario player. He does Mario maker stuff. He does ROM hacks of Mario games really well. He's very good at them. He speeds, speed runs them. And, you know, after I watched him on YouTube, I wanted to watch him live. So 
I think for me, what it is probably more than anything is that the, the person that I'm watching is, is entertaining me, whether that means they are communicating with their audience really well, or they're doing something funny on their stream, uh, being really interactive, like I said, or they're just doing something that's super impressive, right? Like if you're playing a really hard game and you're absolutely nailing it, like that's fun to watch because you think about you playing the game and you're like, I'll never be able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think it's a mixture of a lot of those things, but also sometimes you'll watch a stream because it's just a game that you loved playing, right? It's that nostalgia factor. You you get on and you see someone's playing Final Fantasy VIII and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't played that in like two years, but it's one of my favorite games. And oh, now I'm watching this dude play it because I really miss this game. So I think there's lots of reasons. Um, it, it just depends on on why you're there, you know? Right, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, I think I started kind of sort of the opposite. I started with watching lots and lots of YouTube videos, and those YouTube videos brought me on over to Twitch. I watch a lot of Hearthstone streams, just kind of in the background. Hearthstone is a really great game to stream because it, there's a lot of downtimes, there's a lot of interaction you can have with your audience. There's this guy that I watch named Firebat, which I've already talked about already, but his streams are really great because he he's constantly explaining what it is he's doing and why he's doing it. He's, he's like a former Hearthstone world champion, and so as he's doing his stream he's talking about all these different plays that he's doing and as he's talking about them I'm like wow I had like he's, his level of thinking on this is in a, in a whole different place than when I play Hearthstone it's insane um, and so I, I think that that's that's another sort of facet at it You're, uh, a lot of it is like trying to learn right you're trying to follow what these people who are very good at these games are doing especially in these like um, ever present online games like um, competitive games like Hearthstone, League of Legends, Dota. Um, I would probably say Fortnite as well. I'm, I know Patrick, who was just on the show um, last week, he specifically watches Ninja and then basically emulates what Ninja does during his stream. And he's been seeing a lot of success by doing that. Yeah, I didn't even think about mentioning that. That's true. I mean, it's another way to learn. You know, if you want to be a speedrunner or better at a game, and you know a streamer that's very talented at that game, that's a great way to learn. Just learn by example. Right. Um, and so I think we've already kind of touched on it, but the streams are very exciting to watch, and and um, streams are starting to sort of poke their head into the mainstream. I think we saw that with Drake on Ninja's stream, and Ninja has then streamed with, like, other celebrities. I know the other day he streamed with Joe Jonas, which is just, like, the weirdest thing in the world to me. Uh but I think uh, streaming has definitely started to poke its head in mainstream. Now, do you see streaming continuing to climb or do you think this is, this is the tippy top for it? Oh no, it's not the top. I, I think streaming will stay around for a while solely on the principle that at its core, it's free. You know what I mean? Like most people that stream will at least tell you this, whether or not they mean it. it I guess it depends on the person. Take it, take it as you will. But most people that stream claim that they do it because it's something that they want to do. Um, and it's not something that they necessarily do for money. The money might come to them as a result of them having a mass popularity or being extremely entertaining. But for the most part, they'll do this thing because they love playing video games. They love being around people. They love interacting with people. And so at its core, they're doing this for free, you know, essentially. 
And I think because it's a free service, I think it'll stay around. I mean, a lot of things stay around because they're free, but also they're entertaining, you know? And the more games that get put out there and the more types of games that get put out there, the more complex, unique, different streamers you're going to see because everybody's going to be playing the thing that they like to play and that's going to change over time. So, so Twitch will change over time. Right. And I think that'll keep it alive for quite a while and maybe it won't be Twitch. I think it will be just because Amazon owns Twitch, as we've said, um, and they're kind of a powerhouse, but even if it's not Twitch, it'll be something. Right. I see it. I see a competitor coming along and rivaling. Like, I, I think that's just kind of once something gets big enough, there is always another thing to kind of rival. It's, you know, there will be the PUBG to the Fortnite or Fortnite to the, whichever way you want to describe that. There will always be sort of the, like the other game, right? Your Dota to your League of Legends or whatever, what have you. So I think something else will come along. Maybe it's caffeine, maybe it's something else. I think something else will, but I agree with you that I think the, uh, the medium is just a, sort of at its, 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 its infancy and it is about to sort of, and it's on its way already. It's already taking off and I think it's just going to continue that upward momentum. Can you imagine if it's like Facebook Live? That's like the next big thing. I really hope not. and facebook is trying to get it to be like you can stream your video games on facebook and i hope that does not take off i really don't (laughs) i hope it doesn't i I, because i I don't want video gaming to to kind of get overshadowed by everything that facebook has got going on like i want whatever platform it is similar to twitch to be about about games and about content creation and about you know doing things like that i don't want it to get bogged down by all the stuff that's going on on facebook yeah that's true Facebook's not necessarily the best medium anyway for that, but like, I don't know. I like watching all kinds of streams. They don't necessarily have to be video game related. There's yeah. a dude that uh, that plays drums. He has an electronic drum kit and he just drums along to whatever song he's got playing in the background. And he has a lot of fun. And he, dude, this guy is insane because I, you know, I was a percussionist in high school and middle school. I was a percussionist. I'm a nerd, whatever. Um, and I had a really hard time like doing anything other than concentrating on the instrument I was playing while I was playing. But this dude can have full conversations with his chat, which is just going a mile a minute because there are so many people watching him while he's playing the drums and he plays the drums well. So it's like super impressive to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah, it makes you really want to kind of jump in, right? It makes you want to, like, man, this guy's having so much fun streaming. Why, why, why can't we? And to give you guys a little squad up history lesson, um, Peaches was actually the best man at my wedding. Uh, what? Right, almost a year ago at this point. He was the best man at my wedding. We used to work together. We worked at the same place. Um, uh, my best friend and uh, my wife and I decided that we were going to move. We're going to move out of the state. Um, and so my wife is going to law school here where we live now. Um, and so we, we kind of moved away. And before we left, um, Peaches and I, you know, we talked about how, um, sort of our, our kind of core group of friends was starting to disband. Peaches' girlfriend was also moving away. And so, we, uh, Mrs. Peaches, Miss Peaches, is that what we're calling it's Miss uh, Peaches? Princess Peaches. Princess Peaches. I'm sorry. Princess Peaches. Yeah. Uh, Princess Peaches was moving away and... Um, we both kind of felt the same way that we wanted and for different reasons, me because I'm moving out of state, him because a lot of his friends are starting to kind of uh, go off on their own paths. So we wanted to continue being social. And there were two ideas that we that we came up with uh, about what to do. Right. So 
um, one of them was to start streaming. Streaming was something we both wanted to do, and it's something that we both wanted to tackle, and the other was starting a podcast. And so here we are, and here you are listening to us. Um, but on that same vein, we wanted to be streaming. We wanted streaming to be this this thing that we do. So we've both kind of prepped ourselves, and we, we, we've both taken the journey. We've got the equipment, and we, we've both started streaming. But uh, truthfully, it is not as easy as it looks. It seems pretty easy to just kind of start streaming and to talk to people and all that, that. But for one thing, it's, it is hard to get people to show up to your stream. It is hard to um, stream the right game, to, 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 to sort of get the right thing going. Um, it can even be disheartening when people aren't at your stream. And so, um, Peaches, what, how difficult do you think it is to be a streamer? The easiest answer is to just say yes. But obviously, right. I'm, I love talking, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> no, it's, like you said, it's not a walk in the park not even close. It's first of all, start at the equipment level, right? Like if you don't have the proper equipment, you, you can't stream bottom line. You, you can't do it because if you don't have a system that can play games at a frame rate that people can watch it at an enjoyable level, then you're not going to do it. Right. Um, beyond just having the system, unless you're purely streaming using like the PlayStation streaming service, Maybe you could get away with just having the system. Um, but if you're a PC streamer, you also need, you know, a decent PC setup other than just the computer. You're going to need a microphone. You're going to need, if you want to put your face on a camera, you're going to need a good lighting situation. Um, if you're going to play games with mouse and keyboard, you probably should get those hardware components that aren't as loud as others for like, for instance, I had a really clicky mechanical keyboard and I recently switched it over to a, a more silent mechanical keyboard so that when people were on my stream, they weren't just listening to me click all the time. Cause you know, that could get annoying. So at the equipment level, it's, you know, it's costly. It's not cheap beyond just the equipment. There's so much other stuff that goes into it. You, you have to have the right attitude about it. You know, uh, unless you're like a really eclectic person, and really fun to watch be super mad and rude all the time. For the most part, people don't want to be treated like dirt when they're watching your stream, right? So you have to have a good attitude. Um, you have to just be committed to doing it. Uh, you have to set aside time. You know, it's, it's good to make a schedule. And honestly, it takes a lot of endurance too. You think about it like when you're not on camera or anything and you're playing a video game just laying in your bed, if you needed to go to the bathroom or something was going on in your house or you just wanted to take a second and like read a text message or something, you can just pause your game, right? In most cases, you pause your game, you walk away, you know, you pick your nose, whatever you, whatever you need to do, you can do it. But when you're streaming, you kind of have to put those things unless they're emergencies on the back burner, you know, you, you can't, you, you, the show must go on, right? You have to pretend like nothing's going wrong at all times. And so there's a lot that goes into it that people might not realize in the background, or maybe that's just going on in the streamer's head. They've taken all these things into consideration and they're like doing their best to put on the show. And it's not easy. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, streaming, and it, it seemed easy, right? Like, it, I mean, I'm not going to talk about you, but at least from my perspective, it seemed not that hard, right? You just get up there, you just start playing games. But it is it is a lot harder than it looks to sort of sustain that and to um, specifically garner an audience. I know um, we're both... You know, we're trying to garner an audience for the show. We're trying to garner an audience for our streams. And that, that is something that it's, that it's taken a lot of work and it's taking a lot of um, perseverance, right? So we need to continue the, the the path that we're going down and continue trying to garner these audiences. Um, but I think as streaming becomes more mainstream, it'll, it'll uh, potentially become easier. Um, but hopefully, uh, if we continue down this path, our, our audiences will start to grow and the, the audience for the podcast will grow, which then will grow our streaming audience. And hopefully that kind of segues and, and moves together. But what do you think it's going to take for us to, to kind of, uh, and I know this is kind of a loaded question because we're, we're, we're both having issues with this right now, but what do you think it's going to take to sort of grow our audiences? You know, I, I, I agree with what you say about the, the perseverance. I've watched a lot of popular streamers who upload their videos to YouTube. A lot of them, this must be like an unwritten rule of streamers, but eventually it seems like most of them will put out a video that's like top X reason or top X tips to be a good streamer on Twitch, right? Um, and I watch a lot of those all the time because you know I want to do a good job doing it. It's something that I'm doing because I want to do it. Um, and I don't like doing anything poorly. I, typically I will not do something if I don't feel like I can do a good job at it. And that's something that I actually find as a flaw in myself, but we're not here to, to have a psychological oh, talk. That's why you don't play Fortnite. I get it now. Yeah, no, I suck at Fortnite, so I don't like <laughs> playing it. But, but a lot of these people end up saying at least a, a nice Venn diagram of the same things, right? A lot of them say you have to be in the show 100% of the time. When you're on the camera and people are there, you can't take a break. You know, you're like that cheerleader in the audience. You have to smile the whole time, no matter what's going on. Um, while you're doing that, you also have to be yourself. You know, you, you don't you don't try to be somebody you're not. You you just let your personality shine and come through because ultimately you can fake it for a really long time, but eventually you're not gonna, you're going to slip up. You're not going to be able to fake it anymore. And then anybody that you, you know, that you grabbed along the way, they're going to see the real you anyway. So you might as well just start being the real you. And if the audience likes that, they'll stick around. Um, a lot of people say too, that interaction with the audience is very important. Usually the only case that interaction with the audience is not important is when you're somebody like Ninja who has so many followers and viewers that he literally cannot keep up with the chat. It's just moving so fast. Uh, or if you're playing a ridiculously hard game and you need as much concentration as possible. Uh, but even then, you know, you want to sprinkle in interaction in between deaths in that game, for example, or whatever. Um, other stuff, you know, things like building networks, um, interacting with other streamers, being on their channels, you know, um, hosting, auto hosting. If you're not playing, your stream would show their stream um, to kind of promote their work too. I mean, it's a lot of networking stuff. And, and I think it just, it takes time, you know, it's something that's, it, it's hard to do, but it takes time. And I think 
that as long as we and anybody that wants to stream kind of sticks to a lot of those core principles that the popular streamers have stuck to for so long, I, I think that we and they can get there, you know? Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, if you look at Ninja, Ninja's been streaming for years, and it's taken him quite some time to get to the popularity that he is now. He's always had uh, like a decent following, but he was not the the, the caliber streamer he is now uh, until Fortnite came around. And so, just looking at that, it's it's already sort of um, sort of a, a kind of like positive omen, right? Like it's it's a good sign that he you know started from nothing and now he's here, right? He started from the bottom, now he's here. Um, classic yeah i know i mean but literally he did he started from the bottom of twitch and now he, here he is at the very tippy top um and so it's it's definitely heartening to see uh something like that and i think it, it'll, it'll bode well for us as long as we continue with it um podcast and stream uh combined we have been very 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 fortunate to have uh what i consider to be a solid listening base for this podcast and we are very thankful for all of you who tune in every week um and we're going to continue to try to uh put out the best content possible um so if you want to join us on our streams thank you very much if you want to continue listening to the show thank you very much um if you also want to go around and start telling people about the show wouldn't hate that either we're uh, as uh, as far as building an audience is concerned, um, we're also trying to build the audience for this podcast. And so um, if you know someone who is into gaming, who who likes gaming, who's played a video game and they're looking for a podcast to listen to, or if they're not looking for a podcast to listen to, go ahead and let them know about the show. Um, we post about the show every week when it goes live, um, a share on Facebook, a share on Twitter, um, uh, just something to, to, to help support uh, support us over here we've already had a couple shares um i know ramon our buddy ramon shared the show for us i don't know if he wants to say his name on the show but ramon did it ramon uh shared the show for us uh, just last week it was really uh thoughtful of him and it's it, it's helping a lot get the get the show out there get to get it to different ears um the idea being that once our audience grows we'll be able to start getting uh, more exclusive content um for you to listen to um, so we'll be taken a little bit more seriously from like developers and we'll be able to get some different stuff and maybe we'll be able to start doing giveaways and things like that. Um, so yeah, uh, anything that you can do to help leaving reviews on iTunes is also very helpful to help us build this audience. It lets more people see the show when they type in things like video games into their, into their search engine. And we'll be one of the things that pop up. We've already got a, a ton of reviews. So thank you very much for those as well. Um, but yeah, I think as as far as we as far as this is concerned, we just continue on this path and continue pumping out great content and good things will follow. I agree. Also, uh, that's what we call a shameless name drop. What just happened? Was that? I mean, I feel like a shameless name drop is like when you're a celebrity. <laughs> you know, no, not met, to say I that with Ramon. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I love that guy. Is Ramon a celebrity? In my eyes, he is. Oh, well then, yes. Then, yes, it is. A shameless name drop. I, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favorite pirates. I know Ramon, everyone. Look at me. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Whatever. <laughs> I love Ramon. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this week, uh, this here episode of Squad Up. Um, Peaches, where can the folks find you on the interwebs or even your stream? Twitch.tv backslash peaches, P-E-A-C-H-3-Z. Come hang out with us. 
We're streaming after every episode on Friday. I'm streaming solo Sundays and Tuesdays. Those days might change. Um, I'm looking for some feedback on that, actually. If, if you've been listening to the podcast um, and you hear me talk about my stream at the end every time and you're like, darn, my busiest days of the week are Tuesdays and Sundays, just let me know because I, I ultimately, you know, I want to do this to interact with people while I do a thing that I love and that's playing video games. So if you guys can be there, but it's just not the right day for you, give me a shout out and I'll change it up because that schedule is not set in stone. The only day that I don't want to stream on is Mondays because a place that I live near that sells all you can eat wings <laughs> sells their all you can eat wings on Mondays and I have an addiction. Uh, that's a very good reason. And I think uh, everybody should respect that. And I'm, I'm glad that they do. And also, you know, hit me up on Twitter, D underscore peaches on Twitter. Uh, any updates to that schedule will show up there unless they're big, like um, big lengthy changes in the case that my Tuesday, Friday, Sunday schedule changes. So hit me up. Yeah, you can find anything about this show at uh, squadup.simplecast.fm. You can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash squaduppodcast, on Twitter at squaduppodcast, and you can email the show even at squaduppodcast at gmail.com. So plenty of ways to interact with us. If you send us an email or leave us a review, a written review on iTunes, we'll read it on the show. Um, so if there's anything you want to ask us, anything you want to talk about video games, any feedback for us, anything you want to talk about from the show, just email us and we'll, uh, we'll mention it on the show. You can find me at Twitter at ABCD Eduardo. You can find me on Twitch at ABCD Eduardo. Um, and once again, thanks to everybody for listening in and we'll catch you next week with some more gaming news. Bye everybody.